that would amaze you and prepare you for the next stage of your life. I promised you last two weeks that today we'll be talking about baptism of power or and the baptism of joy. And this morning, we're going to be talking a lot about joy, the joy of the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Holy Ghost, excitement in the Holy Ghost. I said excitement in the Holy Ghost. I said excitement in the Holy Ghost. There'll be a breakout of joy in this place. There shall be a baptism of joy. It doesn't matter how you are feeling. You may be down. You may be hungry. You may be thinking about your academic life. You may be thinking about the future. You may be wondering what God has for you. But this morning, God is going to baptize you for a fresh baptism of joy. And doesn't matter what you are going through. You experience joy in your life because joy comes from the Holy Ghost. Joy does not come from your circumstances. Joy comes from above. And the joy of the Lord shall be our strength. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not about meat and drink. It's not about eating. It's not about partying. But it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You see, in church, we often talk about the righteousness of God, the holy living. Be holy because I am holy. Live a pure life. It's awesome. It's good. We talk about how God gives us peace. The peace that beats all human understanding. You cannot comprehend it. But there's something else in the kingdom that we hardly talk about. The joy of God. The joy of the Holy Spirit. And joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness comes because of the happenings around you. The circumstances around you makes you happy. If you get your BEC results today and they are excellent and you know that our machine is school, not even my school, and you know that you got your dream school and you are going there, no matter how timid or shy you are, I tell you, there will be some excitement on your face. But that excitement is because of the results. It's because of what is happening in your life. But when we talk about joy, joy is not about you, whether you pass or whether you fail. The source is God himself. Romans 15 verse 13 says, Now the God of hope, does Paul's prayer to the Romans, Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, in believing, somebody say in believing, in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, faith in God's word, that's why I say you must read the word. That's why we say we will force you to read the word. We will compel you. Any means by which we use to make sure you read the word. How many of us ready this morning? I want to see your hands. How many of us read the word of God this morning? Colossians. You have forgotten. How many of you read the book of Colossians? You see, the new ones, are you watching them? I give them an assignment. They don't do it. Last week, I gave you my definition of prayer. Who can tell me or summarize briefly what that definition of prayer is? If you can lift up your hand. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Samara. You see, the things that we teach you, if you don't mix it with faith, it won't work. But they work. And faith, the Bible says, comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's not just hearing the word of God, though. Hearing and believing it. If you don't read, if you don't meditate, if you don't think about, if you don't act on the word, you, you will just be there. You'll be a Christian, dry, unhappy, uncertain, even confused whether there's God or not. It will happen to you if you don't believe the word. Apostle's prayer is that may God of hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace. You see, this joy comes from believing the word. If you don't believe the word, you cannot experience God's joy. If you don't believe the word, you cannot experience God's power. But I pray that as you pass through Thin Chapel, you have an encounter with the power of God. That you learn to live in the miraculous, in the supernatural. Because that is how God wants us to live. Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. So what that means is that you can experience partial joy. You can experience small joy. You can experience big joy. You can experience exceedingly abundant joy. You can also experience the joy beyond which there is no form of joy again. The fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The world is deceiving us to think that getting involved in immorality, experimenting with LGBT and the, and the like, cheating in exams so you can get good grace, Dressing so that others will see you. Exposing your body and then putting it on, on social media so that you can have likes. People will follow you. Then, then that is the in thing. That makes, that, that gives you some, some inner pleasure. But scripture says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Learn to experience the real pleasure. The pleasure that we get in the presence of God. And that's why we encourage you to stay. Learn to stay in his presence. Learn to stay in the word. Learn to believe the word. Learn to make the word your own. Believe it. Is somebody with me this morning? There are different kinds of joy. I'm not running out of time because I want to spend a lot of time praying this morning. There are different types of joy, but the first one I want us to note is that 
There's what you call the joy of deliverance. When God does a deliverance for you, when he delivers you from something, it gives you extreme joy. When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines, the women came out of the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet Saul with tambourines and joy. They were singing because David had achieved a deliverance for Israel. So without the deliverance, that joy did not come. So there's a joy that comes from deliverance. Number two, there's what we call organized joy. David spoke to the leaders of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be the singers accompanied by instrumentalists, string instruments, harp cymbals, and the raising of voices with resounding joy. There's what we call organized joy, where we, 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 we organize ourselves to be joyful in the Lord. When we come to church, sometimes we do that because sometimes you don't feel like praising God. Sometimes you don't want to get excited about the things of God. We organize you, we tell you to sing, we leave singing, and then you follow along. We say, let the instrumentalists play. They play the tambourine, they play the guitar, they play the drums. And as a result of all this, there is joy. That is what we call organized joy. And then there's what we call joy in the presence of God. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Then lastly, there's what I call the sacrifice of joy. Psalm 27 verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to God. You see, the psalmist here is surrounded by his enemies. He's surrounded by defeat. He's surrounded by disappointments. He's surrounded by failure. But he says, I will sacrifice unto the Lord because it costs him pain. It takes a lot of pain to be able to praise God when you're going through a downtime. And that's what we call a sacrifice of praise. The house of the Lord. See, we, we don't feel like singing. We are sick in our body. We have failed our exam. Our parents don't have money. We don't know how things are going to go. Our parents are fighting. They are talking about divorce and things like that. And we are worried. We are wondering what is going to happen to us. In the midst of all that, you choose to sacrifice and praise God. It will cost you pain. But it's worth it. In John chapter 7, from verse 37 to 39, it's a very popular passage that many of us know. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who drinks, he who believes in me, you see the word again, believe, believe in me. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit whom those believing in him will receive because the Holy Spirit had not yet been given. He says, those who believe in him, as the scripture has said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, these were the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples, the last recorded word that he spoke to them just before he ascended into heaven. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. 
In John chapter 7, we, we saw the promise of the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, just before he left his disciples, he reminded them again, I talked to you about the promise of the Father. Wait now, it is time to go and wait for that promise. For you have always heard me say that John truly baptized you with water, but not many days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So wait for that promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. And we read in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. That guy, what's wrong with you? Is he sick or is he okay? Are you okay? When I'm preaching, try not to, unless you are meditating. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I'm running out of time, so I'll not talk too much about the Pentecost. But the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And I pray that we are all with one accord this morning. Because there's going to be a baptism of fire. There's going to be a baptism of power. There's going to be a baptism of joy in this place this morning. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Oh, may we experience a suddenly from God this morning. You'll be sitting here listening to me preach. You'll be praying and suddenly something will happen to you. Suddenly you don't know where it came from. It's as if it just hit you. But suddenly something will happen in your life. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the whole house. It didn't feel part of the house. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then beyond that, they saw something like tongues of fire. A, a huge ball of fire just filled the room and that ball of fire as if it just exploded and there were firelights all over the place and each firelight settled on every one of them that was in the place. This morning, every one of you are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you, if only you believe, and every one of you will speak in tongues. Every one of you will see visions. Every one of you will hear God's voice. You hear God's voice so audibly. You'll be hit by something that you don't understand. It's called the supernatural. It's called the power of the Holy Ghost. And then you understand, you begin to understand when we talk, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Jesus put it this way. Anyone who believes in me out of his belly, it will come from within you. It's not going to come from outside because the Holy Spirit dwells in you if you're a child of God. Out of your belly will spring forth rivers of living water. And the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were full of the Holy Spirit. They were controlled by the Holy Spirit. They were directed by the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak. When the joy begins to well up within you, don't suppress it. Don't hold it back. There are some of us who are very good at holding back. There are some of us who suddenly become dumb. There are some of us suddenly our mind just go blank. There are some of us, all of a sudden, all kinds of doubts flood our minds. What is this? What is going on? It cannot be true. Me, I don't believe in these things. That's up to you, it's your choice. They began to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, it's interesting to note that when that promise was being fulfilled, and I want you to remember it's a promise. The Holy Spirit filled the room. 
something happened to them and they began to speak. That is what is recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. There's a long passage I wish I could read, but I want us to pray for at least 30 minutes. So I have to wrap it up here. But the Bible says that some of the people, they look and say, what is happening? There's something strange happening in this place. And the Bible uses many different words. The Bible says from verse 4, it said, they were amazed. They were perplexed. They were confused. They were wondering. May nobody wonder this morning. May nobody be confused this morning. May nobody be perplexed this morning. But receive the power of the Holy Ghost. According to the scriptures. Then Peter stood up. And said, look, men and brethren. What? And then he began to tell them about the gospel about Jesus Christ. He told them all the scripture has said about Jesus Christ and how they tortured him, how they did all kinds of things to him. And then he ended up by saying that this same Jesus, God raised up from the dead and he has received from the Father, the promise of the Father. And that is what he has poured out. And we read from verse 32. and says that is what you are seeing and that is what you are hearing. You will see some things this morning. You hear some stuff this morning. I'm not going to tell you the kind of things that you see, but you experience, you see, and you hear. You see, when the people started, they said that these people, they are drunk. That's what stirred Peter to speak. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. How can they be drunk? It means that the people were behaving like drunken people. Drunk people don't walk like her and walking. Drunk people, they don't drink thoughts. They push the thing. They drink ah, until their whole system is controlled by the drink. And they cannot control themselves anymore. Their motor actions are disorganized. And they cannot even walk straight. They try to walk straight and they think that they are walking straight. They are walking and they say, hey, steady. They are not being steady, but they say, hey, steady. I pray that this morning the Holy Ghost will feel somebody that you'll be so drunk in the Holy Ghost that you'll not care about anybody again. you not care about the person sitting by you. All you care about is the word of God. The, all you care about is the promise of the Father. All you care about is the working of the Holy Spirit within you. All you care about is the supernatural. All you care about is the power of God. All you care about is what God wants to do in my life. Chorus, let's be on stage. Pray that this morning you will open up yourself. You will open up yourself. Whether you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not, you will open up yourself for a fresh baptism this morning, for a fresh touch of God. Don't wait for me, just go ahead. That you receive a fresh touch of God this morning. We'll be praying. All of us will be praying. And I want you to join in the prayer. Whatever you are doing, please make sure that you do some. Suddenly, some things are going to happen to you. Some of you may fall down. You don't need to fall down. But if you fall down, it's all right. Some of you, suddenly you begin to shake and you wonder what is up. I said, don't wait for me. Go ahead. I don't like giving this kind of instructions. Some of you, 
you wonder what is happening to you. All of a sudden, your hands will start shaking. I wonder why is my hand shaking? You want to stop it, but you cannot stop it. And your hands are shaking. And the room is quite cool, but all of a sudden, you feel so hot and you wonder what is going on. Some of you may feel like there's water pouring off you as if it's raining upon you. You look around, there's no rain, you cannot see anything, and you wonder what is going on. It's the Holy Ghost. And you don't know how you move in your life. But just open up to him. Just open up. Open up and let him baptize you for fresh baptism this morning. Allow him to give you utterance. And listen to the utterance. And speak it out. Some of you, your tongues may suddenly become heavy. You feel your tongues are heavy. And some of you begin to feel like, as if you are hearing some words in your mind. It is not demons. It's that some words are falling in your mouth and I'm wondering what is, what is going on. Open your mouth and speak it out. You will not understand. But that is how the Holy Spirit works. He will not tell you how he will work. He will not show you how he will work. But if you open up to him and I tell you, you are not too young to handle the power of God. You may be 11, 12 years, 13, 14 years, but you are not too young. Jesus was 12 years old when he confronted the Pharisees. La banana la basonteli adoshaha. Igandusa lesa sefere ketese sefere yendosa sahia. Iekele babusa zale liberusa zante teterebrio dahaya. Ile patoli avasante le basonte seketeri ni basonti ni adahasha. Le rezese sefekeri yendole basar. Ikapondi adele baseri adose teri yendashaha. Shall we rise up on our feet? And in the next 15 minutes, I want you to lift up your hands, lift up your soul, open up yourself, and allow the Holy Spirit to do what He wants to do in your life. This promise is for those who are born again. And if you are born again, the promise.